Welcome to another episode of Natural Baddies. I'm your host, Shelly May, and we have a special guest on today, Kat Kamalani. She's here, and I'm so excited to dive into just like the multidimensionality of you. But just to give you guys a little rough draft of this amazing woman right here, she's a mom of two beautiful kids. She's a wife. She is a digital creator and she focuses on lifestyle, self-improvement and health. And she's a total badass in everything she does. Like she's just so real and raw. Your YouTube videos, like there are so many moments I was literally like tearing up. Like the vulnerability and the rawness that you share, it takes courage to put yourself out like that. So anywho, Kat, Welcome to the show. What an entrance. That was so nice. I was like, <laughs> oh, like that was so kind of you. Yeah, it does. I, I really appreciate you talking about vulnerability because this whole journey has started years ago when I talked about my miscarriage. And it was one of the most scariest things ever because I didn't have a following. Instagram was barely new. And I went through a miscarriage, a miss miscarriage, and it wasn't talked about. And when I went through that, it was the most traumatic thing up to that point in my life. And I had just this strong pull to film it and put it out, my whole experience. And everything in my fiber and my being was telling me not to post it, but then everything was telling me to post it because that's so raw and so deep. So I did it. And that's what started my whole career and connecting with women on a different level is because I had people from New Zealand. I had people from all over the world emailing me talking about how they went to the internet when they had their miscarriage. And that's what, from that point forward, I'm like, I am going to be raw. I'm going to share my journey and be real because I don't want to connect with someone who's perfect. I just want to connect with someone who is a person and who is relatable. Mm -hmm. I don't want to not be relatable. I want to be relatable because that's, we're all human at the end of the day. Right. Right. And I love that too, because I can feel it through the phone. And it's just oh. like, it just, it just, just puts things into perspective when so many of us that are creators or have businesses, like creating online is just a, like, it's a necessity. Like you can't not do it. Yeah. And I feel like there's so many people and women and even myself along the journey in different moments and where my emotional capacity is or not there. Like, it's scary to put yourself out there. So like, how did you do that? Like, and how have you overcome these waves, so to speak of like, should I post it? Should I not post it? You know, like, how do you keep sharing your vulnerability? Yeah. So the thing that's kind of scary is cancel culture, which I hate. I hate so much that there you do one thing wrong, whether you mean to or not, and it's cancel culture and people just attack you. And there's so much um, negativity online if you look for it. And there's so much people who are, I feel like, judgmental and they don't allow grace for other people. We all want people to have grace for ourselves and to give us grace, but we don't give that same grace to other people which I think is really sad. So going into social media, I have put on this, not face, but I have put on this level of expectation for myself that if I'm going to put myself out there, I don't care if I'm helping one person or I'm helping thousands of people, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I have to understand that I'm going to get backlash, that I'm going to get hate, I'm going to get negativity, the trolls, mm -hmm. but I don't care as long as I'm helping one person because the person I was 5, 10, 15 years ago is not who I was now. Mm -hmm. And I wish 
that person back then, I had someone like me to help me through that. Like I owe it to those women and those people who I was 5, 10, 15 years ago. And if I can help those people get to this moment and be happy, I'm willing to do that. And I always say this, whether, you know, you're Buddhist, you're Christian or whatever, not everyone loves Jesus and not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone loves the religion of Buddhist or whatever. There's always somebody who does not like something. And you just have to have the thick skin if you're going to be in this game. Which I, feel like. I love that too. I, I actually, it takes me back to the first like moment where someone commented like on my journey when I started sharing, it was, I said, they said something in the comments like, oh, this self-love talk, I'm, I'm worried for our next generation. And I'm over here like, yeah, I'm sorry, but hopefully you feel the love too. You know, like it's like, yeah, you don't even respond. I didn't say anything to him. I think yeah. I just deleted it or something. Not even but, give them that energy. But yeah, so how do you deal with the trolls, man? Like, how do you deal with I it? I don't. <laughs> so my brothers, I just was going to an event last night and my brothers were blowing up my phone saying there's this, I'm not even going to say his name to give him press, but there's this huge, um, he's in, in the news station world and does celebrity talk and he has 2 million followers. And I guess he did a dedicated nine minute video of like how I'm this horrible mother. Um, and I was about to go into this event and I was like, I don't even want to hear about this. And I hung up the phone they sent me the link. And so I went into the event and came out. I didn't even watch it. And I was talking to my husband and he's asking me, how do you feel? Because I'm so passionate about trying to be the best mom I can, breaking the cycle and just raising them to be the best humans I, I could, I can on this earth. And I said, you know, it's the same thing as someone telling me that you have the ugliest watermelon toes. Like they're, they look like watermelons or you have the ugliest orange hair. Yeah. Like I would laugh because I'm like, I don't have watermelon toes. Like I don't have orange hair. And that's how I feel about me now. Like someone can say the worst thing about me, but my validation comes within. It doesn't come from external beings. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't affect me at all. Mm. So but you I, decide that too, right? I because decide that. Were you always that way? No. If it was me five years ago, I probably would have crawled in a little hole saying this video has hundreds of thousands of views and hundreds and thousands of hate comments in within a few hours. But I don't care what people think about me. And I think that's why it's so important to find, to go through the journey, wherever you're at, to find your validation within and your identity within and not have your identity in your job, not have your identity in your kids, your husband, not have your identity in anything else besides within yourself and the characteristics that you have, because all of that can be torn apart. Someone else can take that away. Someone mm -hmm. else can take your job away. Your children can go away. Everything. It's like basically outsourcing your power to other people when Absolutely. you say like, my worth is in the only way that I'm worthy is to be a mom or to be a wife. Like that's the only worth that yes. I have. Right. And yes. it's like, I think being a mom, so I'm a new mom. I have a beautiful bonus daughter. So she kind of, she kind of like helped me, um, like look through the wall this much of how it was to be a mom. And then I gave birth to ocean and became like a biological Ugh. mom. And I feel like that was just so eye opening for me because your kids require so much of you oh, yeah. as a mom and to not get wrapped up in that's the only thing you do and like how to take care of yourself. It's a whole new, like, I feel like I'm learning this, like who I am all over again. Yes. Did that happen to you when you became a mom? Yes. 
My mother, I'm convinced, is probably the best person I know on earth, and she's the best mom to eight kids. And when I became a mother, I was going through this almost identity crisis because I wasn't a businesswoman anymore, and that's what I've been my whole life. And I was now, all I was doing is taking care of my child, and I I was having a hard time transitioning into that. And she said to me, this is the most important thing you can do right now in your life. I love my mother, but I don't think that's true. I don't agree with that. The most important thing I can do is love myself and balance my life where I can be a great mom. I can be a great entrepreneur. I can be a great friend and all these different hats. Mm -hmm. And looking at my mom and to where she is, she's the best mother ever, but she lost her identity through that. And then now all her kids are grown and she's now on this different path of trying to figure out who she is. And I told myself, I will not do that. I'm going to find my identity right now. Mm -hmm. So when my daughter comes a mother, if she chooses to be, that she already knows who she is and she's not having these identity crises where she's a dancer and dance gets ripped away from her and she doesn't know what to do anymore. Or she's a mother and now she's like, what happened to my business life? Like, yeah. So I think it's such a balancing act because I heard this, um, or I saw, I think it was a meme or not a meme or like a quote about motherhood. And it was like, when you have a newborn, you don't have time for self-care. And so do you think that there's like a time and space and ebb and flow of giving like all of your attention to your kids? Or would you just say like, you have to just take care of you first. Cause there were moments where I was like, feel like I put, put cause I've been on this journey a long time too. And mm -hmm. I put more pressure on myself with this newborn of like, I know how to take care of myself and I can't meet my needs. And I put more pressure on myself cause I'm like, I need to be doing this. Cause I, I know how to do this. And I literally cannot like physically or like yeah. emotionally, I don't have a drop in the bucket cause I'm sleep deprived, you know? Yes. I personally think that with expectations, you're only allowing yourself to get let down. Nobody else is getting let down besides yourself. And I stopped doing expectations a long time ago for myself. And I've realized that through stages of my life, there's got to be things that I prioritize, not expect, but prioritize. So with newborn phase, that was so hard for me with my first child, but my second child, I realized my self-care is not going to go out and get nails done and get my hair done and go for a five mile run because it's just not going to happen because right. I have to nurse them. My self-care is going to take 10 minutes a day and take a shower and I'm going to take a hot shower and I'm going to meditate in there. I'm going to say positive affirmations to myself and I'm going to get out. I'm going to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself, I'm beautiful. I made a human mm -hmm. and just go through my gratitude list. And that is my self-care for the day is those 10 minutes. Now that my kids are a little bit older, my self-care looks a little bit different, yeah. but I think there's prioritizing what oh, in I your stage that. of life is. That's so good because it's always changing and it's yes. never going to be the same thing. And especially becoming like transitioning. I have a friend that I was just visiting and she's transitioning from one to two and she's going through postpartum blues and just needed a friend to listen to her. And she's like, I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing this. And I'm like, stop with the shoulds. Yeah. I caught, caught up back into that old pattern because I was so like, I was all new for me too, but I recognized it in her and realized like we put shitting on ourselves. Like the word should just is like a, this expectation thing that strips us from our energy force, our life force. Yes. And to like shift that into like, do, do I have the energy to give to that? Is that a priority? And like shifting that mindset, I feel like is so helpful. Yes. And afterwards she's done talking. She like, she, when we were done talking, she was like, 
wow, okay, like, I don't need to put all this extra pressure on myself. No. So no. I love that, that just changing your mindset about it, like what you just did from expectation to priority. How did you come up with that? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just going through my my mental health phases of therapy, podcasts, like books, just deep diving, I changing the way I think and mm-hmm. everything of that sort. But I also think too, is when those it's okay. So back up when you are in different phases of your life and you're struggling, I think the best thing you can do is get off social media. There was times in my life where I was struggling and I unfollowed every single person and I didn't scroll. And because she's feeling that way, that may have a huge impact if she's on social media and she's seeing highlights of people's lives mm. with newborns and seeing yeah. them with hair and, and makeup done herself. and comparing. Yeah. Yes. And so when times of myself where I see myself struggling, I, I get off social media and I start looking with validation within and I start diving inwards because again, people outwards and external can't give you that happiness and validation. 100%. I've also found too, that when it comes to um, using your external, like when I get triggered, I've realized that that's like an exciting time for me because Mm -hmm. I'm, it's a moment to choose to look within or to see what, what inner workings or like what beliefs that I have that I'm holding on to are making me feel this way, or like maybe my attachment to them and this external thing. And it's not giving me what I need from it or want from it or expect from it. And then I'm feeling let down or I'm feeling not worthy or not enough. Right. Absolutely. And so it's like, that's a key thing that's really helped me shift and see my triggers or see the external as like feedback in my life. Because I still think like, don't like, don't you think that sometimes it's easy to, um, in this self-love world, just be like, screw anybody, like, fuck it. If they have a problem with me, whatever. But I think you still have to look at yourself, you know? Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) And that's where, when you're talking about triggers too, I want to touch point on that because it's important when we are having those triggers that we understand that a reaction, it shows up from past trauma. Trauma doesn't come up as a memory. Trauma comes up as a reaction and a reaction to triggers. So when you are having those triggers and you're having a reaction, stopping right there and trying to dive deep of what type of trauma have I gone through my life that this is happening. Mm. I mean, it can be something as simple as, yes. And it could be something as simple as the house is dirty and you're having a trigger and you're getting mad and you're throwing everything around stopping and realizing, okay, why am I having this trigger? Why am I reacting this way? Well, okay, well, maybe I I grew up with a mom who was OCD. And if I dropped clothes on the ground, she would yell and scream. And now I have this internal battle of me growing up. It's something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> and I said mic drop in the middle because I was just like, we got to say that again. We got to say that again. It's so, oh, you're so on the ball with that. And I know that you recently have started talking about going to therapy and mm-hmm. you share like a lot of just like open, vulnerable, but just like really powerful nuggets with your, the content oh. that you create. And I think Thank that you. like, it's so easy when you're, you've been on a journey of self-improvement or self-growth or personal development for so long to get lost in like the crevices or in the depth and trying to make sense of life and everything, totally. but really and truly like seeing some of your videos and just having it be short and simple oh. has just freaking, Thank man, you. we need it. Sometimes oh. we just got to go back to the basics, you know? Yes. So yes. getting back to that point, how did you choose to 
take control of your life and heal your trauma and get started with therapy? So my whole life, I think a lot of women go through this. You feel that you're not worthy. You feel like you don't fit in. You always feel like you're just not the best. Um, I felt that way for my, a lot of my life. And a lot of people would be surprised by that because I'm loud and crazy and fun. And they wouldn't think that I had any like insecurities, but I always did feel that way. And then it went to, there's a group of people in my life for a very long time that never accepted me, never loved me. They never gave me a chance. And I Mm -hmm. tried everything I could for a decade to get these group of people to love me and to accept Mm me. And I would do anything to get them, give them gifts and try to be a different person around them, like it, everything. And then it was also my religion I was in. I was never, there were certain things if you did in my religion that you were considered not worthy. And I was so tired of feeling not worthy. And I had my daughter and I realized that if I want her to grow up to be a confident, strong woman, it's going to start with me. Because that's where she's going to learn it from. She's going to learn whatever I am. Mm. So I was done talking negative to myself. I was done hating my body. I was done feeling not worthy. And I was going to change all of that around so my daughter and my son can have the best life they can and be confident human beings. Mm. And so that's what started my whole entire journey. And it wasn't overnight, but it started with like unfollowing everything on social media, only following people who were basically self-help coaches. And that's the only media I consumed. I started listening to only podcasts that were self-help. It started with therapy and, and it also started with reading books and diving in and understanding that nobody is in control of my feelings. Nobody makes me feel a certain way. Nobody can control how I feel. It's my thoughts that control the way I feel. So I was done allowing these people take control of my power and have feelings over me. And I was done with the religion making me feel this way. And I was done with everything else and myself making me feel this way. And I was like, I'm changing my thoughts and I'm going to change who I am. And I did that. Yeah, you did, girl. And now you're speaking it. Woo! I'm you're feeling so that sweet. fire, okay? I you're love so that, sweet. though, because it. you know what? It takes so much fucking courage to do what you did and, yeah. to, be a, and to even share I that. I appreciate that. It takes so much courage, and it takes – and it's overwhelming as fuck. It's so overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. It's so, like, so overwhelming. And I, I – Put it this way, because your whole life you're told the sky is blue. And I always say this analogy, but then you start realizing the sky is not just blue, but it's orange and red and there's so many different colors in it. And it's terrifying because you're like, wait, I've been told my whole life the sky is blue, but the sky is purple also. And so stepping into that is so scary. But when you can start stepping out of your comfort zone and start stepping into the unknown and making your body feel like a little bit of discomfort, that is when you start growing. Mm -hmm. And then when you start from the very basics and how I started this all was I have to look at everything in my life, my beliefs. I have to look at the food I eat. I have to look at the people in my life, the relationships, Mm -hmm. every single thing I need to sit and question it. And is it serving me? Great. I'm going to keep it. If it's not serving you, you just kindly give it back and you let go of it and you don't have it anymore in your life. How do you let go though? I think that's the question for a lot of women that like resonate with your message and 
and even in my life, I'm like, there's such deeply ingrained things. And obviously it's like repetition. Mm -hmm. Like when you start to learn about, you know, changing your thoughts, you have to repeatedly like basically become like create a whole new way of thinking. Yes. But like, how do you let go? How do you let go of the old? I think it's setting boundaries. That was a big part for me is I understood that if I continued to set boundaries, if I continued to tell myself something and then I kept breaking those promises to myself, I was never going to believe myself. I was never going to trust myself. So from the very beginning, I set these boundaries. I made these promises to myself and I, I said, I cannot break these promises or you're never going to trust yourself. And it started with that. And then it also started with changing my thinking because you don't go from one day saying, I hate my body. I hate these love handles, these stretch marks to, oh, I love my body. Your brain's not going to believe that. Yeah. It literally is like, it's like if you try to do affirmations and you've never done it. And then that little voice in your head is like, yes, this is so dumb. What am I doing? (laughs) Yes. But it starts with just like making these promises. Okay, I'm done saying negative things to myself. I'm done allowing people to treat me a certain way. I'm done with these toxic relationships or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then you just go to, I say, a neutral ground. You don't go from zero to a hundred, but you go to a neutral ground saying, you know, I hate my body to, I appreciate my body. I'm mm-hmm. grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. And you start every time you have that negative thought or you're starting to break a promise, you hurry and switch it to that neutral ground. And then once you start believing, like, I am grateful I'm alive. I am grateful I have two legs and I can walk and I can breathe. Or I am grateful that I'm not allowing toxic relationships anymore in my life. Then you start going to that positive realm. Mm-hmm. You start saying, I love my body. I love my side, my stretch marks, my, my sides. I do love my fingers, my hair, whatever it may be. So I think mm-hmm. that's from the very beginning, setting boundaries and keeping promises to yourself and then mm-hmm. starting from zero to neutral to positive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I heard, um, the first time that I heard something similar, um, was by Gabby Burns, not the first time, but along the journey, I heard something from Gabby Bernstein where she said, um, it's, it's like a try again thing. So like you set boundaries, right? You're starting out, you're setting boundaries and then you mess up. Like you catch yourself saying something that you promised you wouldn't say to yourself. Yes, She says, just choose again. So I think some, that's also something that's been super helpful to me when I realize I'm in an old thought pattern or like, I'm like, overcoming these very ingrained things like that mm-hmm. you're, you say you change like choose again so choose a, a different thought choose maybe a more neutral thoughts and yes. more neutral thought and not beat yourself up for messing up because that's something that we also do as women we accept ourselves expect ourselves to be perfect yeah. with the boundary setting or perfect with the letting it go and it's like we're nothing if we don't do it perfect and perfect doesn't exist perfect no. is an illusion yes you and know? at the beginning that was really hard for me replacing negative thoughts but one thing that you hit the nail on the head was acknowledging the thought that you just had and giving acknowledgement, I just said this and I don't want to say this and replacing it with a neutral thought every single time you acknowledge it, you understand it, mm-hmm. and then you push it away and you replace it with a neutral thought. And over mm-hmm. time, your brain starts to think differently. Our brain is just so powerful. So amazing. And it starts to think yeah. differently. And, and there's so many people that are like, this is just how I am. That's just what I do. And it's like, because you're telling yourself that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So it. <laughs> If you want change, you have to just try it. Exactly. It's so sad. I had a follower write me on Instagram and 
sometimes when you, a follower writes you on Instagram, you can see all the posts that they've written you. And it was the first time responding back to them. So I opened up the message and then I wrote back to them and I saw they wrote me like four or five years ago, um, right when my first daughter was born and they wrote past, wrote me on a story I put, and I was reading the story and I was talking about how I am ruining my diet and I'm sitting here wallowing, like, like sitting in my, um, sad thoughts. And I'm going to just sit here and eat my junk food and feel like a well when I'm in Hawaii the next week with my husband in a swimsuit. And I cried because I could not believe that's the way I spoke to myself. I called myself a well on social media and I sat here and was doing a pity party and victim mode and all of those things. And it's so crazy seeing the girl I was to the girl I am now. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why I do what I do to try to help those women get out of those thought process and stop criticizing themselves and get to a more neutral, positive space in their life. Yeah. And it shows it literally oh, shows you. in all that you do. Like even just like I was telling you before we started filming, like the lights of your eyes, like I can, <laughs> you can just tell like people the way they glow and the oh. way that they are and what they choose to share. Like, I think trolls are going to be everywhere. Like you yeah. said, like if you're going to be on social media, just expect to have the trolls come <laughs> yes. out of the woodworks, especially when you trigger the fuck out of them by speaking true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, Yes, that, that is true. Too, being a mom now, I started like realizing like, oh my gosh, like I thought I was good. And I realized I'm giving my energy to energy vampires still. And I yes. let that go. And then all of a sudden they come out of the woodworks when I'm speaking <laughs> my new truth, telling me that I'm not, that this isn't right and this and that. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you acknowledging it though. And it's that's, hard, that's when you, you just know? block and delete. That's what that, Ooh, I'm really good, good at that. Block, delete. Block delete. Yep. Block it out. <laughs> I should make a shirt out of that. Block delete. <laughs> I'm good at that. <laughs> I do that with people in my life and I do yeah. that with people on, on social media. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause I did see some of the stuff that you've been sharing more openly is about removing toxic people from your life. Mm -hmm. So how'd you get to that point? Yeah. I, first off, and I keep saying toxic people and I, I just want people to understand there's not toxic people. You can't touch a person and like fumes come off and you melt to the ground. There's people who I believe have good intentions, but they do toxic traits and they do toxic characteristics. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there are some people who want to be good people, but they are doing toxic habits in their life that affect other people. Um, so with the group of people that I knew and also certain family members too, um, they were doing things in my life that were creating toxic energy around me. And one thing that I've realized in my life, I do not have the power or control to control anyone's actions or feelings. Right. I don't control people's thoughts. I don't control people's feelings. I can't make them like me. And so from that point forward, I realized that I have to put myself first and I have to start pushing myself away and just creating boundaries. And I think when creating boundaries with people, you don't have to call the person up and say, Hey, you did X, Y, and Z, and I'm creating a boundary and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You just set that boundary with yourself and create distance. Mm -hmm. And I say this to my husband a lot, but I have cactuses in my life where I know if I'm going to get too close to this person, I'm going to get pricked and I'm going to get hurt because of my thoughts and my feelings. And I'm choosing now to take a step back and keep distance and boundaries with that cactus in my life because I'm not going to get pricked and I'm not going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. So that's so good. And it's oh, so important. Sweet. And 
I recently just coming into motherhood once again, because that's just the viewpoint I'm in right now with a one-year-old. I just realized like it's so important as a mother and as someone who has goals and works on themselves and wants to be accountable for their life to audit the people that they're around. And I didn't like, because I, I think part of it was like being in the beauty industry and just like being so naturally like open and welcoming and loving. And like, I genuinely like love on my clients and years of friendships and with these people that I would see like every couple of weeks for eyelashes or for a beauty service. Right. And then I realized, whoa, like, I can't keep giving my energy like this yeah. because becoming a mom, you just see things so differently because you have to take care of this life. And, and yeah. so I love that you're saying that it's, it's, it's not that like cactuses are pretty, right? Like yeah. <laughs> I have cactuses, like I like cactuses, but yeah. like you let them be where they are. You're not going to exactly. hug them. You're not going to beg for them to not hurt you and continually put yourself in that environment, which is something yes. that also was hard to learn for me when I was setting boundaries or like moving away from toxic people in my life was like not feeling bad for it, mm-hmm. but then also not um, like the the people pleaser, the wanting to be worthy of their love if I felt some type of way after leaving them or not feeling like I did anything right or whatever. That's the toxicity, right? Yep. Like letting go of that is just so important is so important so let's talk a little bit more about motherhood mm-hmm. um so you have two babies and you're busy and you're an entrepreneur yes. and we'll get into that in a minute but around motherhood do you ever experience mom guilt and how do you deal with it i think every mom experiences mom guilt but there's boundaries i've set with myself within the last year and one of the great things that i have helped not eliminate mom guilt, but really, really have it at a minimal in my life is time blocking where, okay, this time I'm going to work out and this is for me. And then this time is I'm going to do emails. And then this time I'm going to sit with my kids and read books and play with them and not be on my phone. This time I'm going to sit with my daughter and I'm going to talk to her and we're going to go over positive affirmations. And I think when people have experienced a lot of mom guilt is that they're trying to fit everything in at one time. And you can't do that. You will feel guilt because you're not working towards your goals on your business. You're going to feel guilt. You're not being hundred percent with your children and you're going to feel guilt. You're not being hundred percent with yourself. Mm-hmm. So taking those time blocks and saying from 10 to 11, it's my children from 11 to 12. It's me from 12 to one it's emails and separating those. And that's really helped me a lot with mom guilt. I love that. That's so it's a boundaries thing. Once again, the yeah. boundaries create the space and it's not about like putting more pressure on yourself with boundaries. It's about letting that open you up to just being present with whatever it is that you have blocked out. Yes. That is awesome. Google calendar is my best friend. My husband <laughs> and I share a Google calendar and everything that is important is on that calendar. There's every day is probably like 20 different things, 20 different colors, but you, you do that and it keeps it so organized and you don't feel like a horrible wife because you're not showing any attention to your husband or you feel like the worst friend, like you block those things out and it's been a game changer for me. And then also to just acknowledge, and maybe you don't have a business and you're listening to this because it's about woman empowerment and motherhood. 
maybe you don't have a business, but you're blocking out your things that you're doing because you're yeah. not just a stay at home mom. Yeah. Like that whole stigma thing, right? That like cringes me. This fucking world. Yeah. Let's be honest, okay? Yeah. When I hear just a mom, it's like nails on a chalkboard for me. I'm like, you're not just a mom. You are everything. It is the hardest job in the whole entire universe. Harder than any job there is. Yeah. Like when I'm going into work, I'm like, this is a relief to me. Yeah. It's a vacation. It works differently when I'm a mom. Yes. You're just thinking of how to be the best that you can be for the, in that moment, which also to your point, I think is so important to take that time for you um, and take care of yourself and make sure that you're at least getting help if you can't be in a good place, right? To yes. help your kids, um, which is scary. To and that's, I help. think, <laughs> a lot of times moms have a problem with is that they consume their whole entire life with being a mom and they get burnt out and they feel like they're never good enough and they're not fulfilling everyone's buckets and filling their own bucket. But that's with everything, right? Like if you look at a man and all he does is work 24 seven, he's going to feel burnt out and he's not doing the best job. But when you can try to put at least two to three different hats on and just say, okay, this part of my life, I'm going to be the best athlete in the gym. And this part of my life, I'm going to be the best mom. And this part of my life, I'm going to be the best artist, like whatever it may be putting different hats on, I feel like is what helps with moms be the best mom they can be. Mm -hmm. Because for me, when I'm with the kids 24 seven, I know I start to like struggle and I'm like, ah, oh, I need a break. But when I can be a mom and entrepreneur and then an athlete and an artist and a content creator, it, I become better in every single field. Yeah. And it, it's something to look forward to, too. So you're yeah. not just like waking up and dreading and feeling depressed because this is my life, you know? Yeah. Like, and of course, nothing is perfect. And all of those different verticals have different challenges that you have to overcome and move through. But it's like nothing is ever a destination, right? So it's just like embracing the process and doing that. And you're freaking doing it, girl. So. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying, but you are. Well, you I are. appreciate it. You yeah. are, too. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So I definitely something that I've been really eager to talk to you about is a recent experience that you had um, a near death experience that you shared mm. about. And I was literally in tears watching the video. But for listeners who haven't heard about it, um, would you be open to sharing about that and like how that has changed your life since? Yeah, I'll do the short version, but if you want the long version, you can go to my social medias, Kat Kamalani, and go watch it. It's a lot more detailed, but long story short, for those who don't know me, my husband's Hawaiian. We're living in Hawaii at the time where our house is being built in Utah, and the waves there are just enormous. Um, I was being careful, and the waves looked calm and something that I could get into, and so I went into, and it just quickly changed where... I was getting thrashed around by the waves and um, it came to a point where I was just fighting with everything I can. I was praying to God. I was doing everything I possibly could to the point where I thought that I'm going to think so hard at the time where Kiloni is going to get, I don't know what I was thinking, but my brain waves are going to send signals to him and he's going to know I'm hurt and I'm in danger and he's going to come down. I truly believe something was going to happen to pull me out of this ocean, but no one was saving me and it wasn't changing. And it quickly went to a very euphoric stage for me where I accepted that, well, sorry, I accepted that I wasn't going to see my family again. Um, and 
thankfully by the grace of God that I got out of it and it has completely changed my life because I feel like in life we forget what, what really matters. We are so caught up with our businesses. We're so caught up with being the best we can be in our jobs and as a mom and all these different things. Um, we forget to go down to our core and like what really fuels our life and our, our fire inside and what makes us happy. Um, after that experience, I realized I will never, ever people please again. I'm not going to do anything that I don't want to do. And that's not going to fulfill my life in a positive direction, whether that's going out to lunch with someone, I'm not going to do it if I don't want to, whether that is picking up my house and it's clean and sparkly because a neighbor's coming over, I'm not going to do it. Like, I don't care. I was done doing things in my life to make sure an external source, everyone else was secure and happy. I was going to do everything that makes myself happy and my, and my family happy. Um, I'm grateful for it and I'm glad I went through it because it can now all I look at it is I can teach my kids things that I've learned from that experience and how to live a more fulfilling life because at any second it can just be taken away from you and then what? What do you have left? You have money in your bank account that you can't use. You have clothes in your room that you don't wear. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's it's really changed my life in the sense, too, of memories are a priority for me with my family and my husband and my kids. And we just went to Disneyland, me and my husband, for just us just to celebrate. And I had the best time. And I was like, I would rather spend my money going on rides with my husband than go to the mall and get clothes and get my hair done. Like that means way more to me because if something were to happen to him, I have those memories to hold on to. Wow. That is so powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that. Like, it's just so important, like what you said, to remember like what matters in life. And I think it's so easy, like you said, to get caught up in, in so many things and like, get lost in the sauce, so to speak, and yeah. shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. And so it's like, how has, do you have any examples to share of like, maybe people that haven't gone through that something ex like, what other things could people start doing to like introspectively find what matters to them in their life without going through that experience? Yes. And a lot of people aren't going to go through that experience of a near death and then come out of it alive. A lot of people unfortunately go through that and they don't make it out. And I think one of the biggest things can help people is a gratitude list every single morning and night. And if you can fit it in the middle of the day, one thing that I have not skipped since this is I go through a gratitude list every single morning after my workout and at night. And it keeps me on top of my game of like, okay, I am grateful for my sister, my house. I'm grateful for my health, my husband. I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for my businesses. And it, it goes through this whole entire thing of like, you just don't lose sight of what you have and lose sight of what blessings you have in your life. Mm -hmm. So gratitude list is like a huge thing. Top priority. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so powerful. So powerful. When I'm like filling in the dumps and I start writing gratitude, I'm literally like, what the fuck am I doing? Staying in victim consciousness. Yeah. Let me get myself out of it. And exactly. every time I write, I literally like check in with myself and realize that. And people, I think that, why do you think people don't do it? Like it's I, so simple. It's so simple. But I honestly think people are just 
in the hustle and bustle and it's hard to get in those habits. But one thing I think is easy to do is write it in your notes and your phone and the top of it, I put gratitude list and you just start making a habit. When you wake up, I go through it in my head, almost like flashcards before I even open my eyes. Like the pictures of everything I'm grateful for goes through my head and I just quickly just go through it. And then uh, when I'm working out and I'm at the very end where I'm stretching or I'm on the treadmill, I go in my notes on my phone and I read off every single thing. And I, I know this sounds weird, but I try to fill it. Like I really sit and try to say like what I'm grateful for and fill it in my body. And then at night I go through it again, like flashcards in my head and picture it. And it's been life changing. Mm, that's that feel it thing I think is so important. Yes. Because... It's like, why do it if you don't mean it? Like, I think there's some people that are like, I tried that. It doesn't work. It's like, do you actually want to change? Yeah. Do you actually want to feel different? Yeah. Because I think it's victim consciousness is literally built into everything. It's yeah. so easy to point the finger. It's so easy to look at what's wrong. Like naturally, it's just easy for, for our brain because we're trying to protect ourselves to do that. But it's yeah. like, it's like. Setting that boundary, right, is so important to be like, I'm done beating myself up and I'm done blaming this person that I broke up with three years ago as to why my life is the way that it is. It's like you have control. And if you actually want to change, like I know that it feels weird and uncomfortable at the beginning to do Mm -hmm. gratitudes or like do affirmations. Yeah. You know, but it's like just keep doing it. Right. Is that what you would say? Like how do you move through like that resistance or like the body not feeling it? Like how do you start to feel the gratitude? I think the first thing is acknowledging your thoughts and what you're having and allowing yourself to feel those feelings. If you did go through a hard breakup and he cheated on you, or if you did go through something nasty in your life, like allowing yourself to feel it and acknowledge it, but also giving a time frame. So there's times in my life where I'm having a really hard moment. And instead of going in victim mode, I look at the clock and like, I'm giving myself one hour to cry, scream and do whatever I want to, to fill these feelings and allow my body to go through those feelings and feel upset. And then after that, I'm done. I'm done thinking about it. I'm done doing that. And I start going through my gratitude list. And one thing that's helped me too is having an experience happen to me and I feel those anger and I feel those feelings. And when that hour's done, I look at it in a positive light and I look at it. What did I just learn that I can now help other people? I can help my daughter. I can help my husband. And what's going to teach me because now now I'm just going to rise to a better person because I've gone through that. Mm, Yeah. Making your mess, your message, (laughs) making that, that trauma, your triumph, baby. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Put that on a shirt. (laughs) You sell lots of them. Yeah. (laughs) One thing I want to touch on, um, is you have had this entire external body transformation that obviously starts from within Mm -hmm. and that whole journey. And that was after motherhood. And I know for me coming into motherhood and this whole message of like bouncing back the bounce back culture and postpartum, like there's so much toxicity in that. And also I found like to honor your body and respect it and feel it good and move it. Like that's important too. Yeah. So like, what's your journey been with that? And like, just, 
the freaking glow up. Obviously, yeah, so it shows. Sweet. You're so sweet. It's not everything, but it's a byproduct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, first off, having a baby is really hard because your body changes. And as a mother, you're like, this isn't my body anymore. You feel like, I don't know if you can relate, almost like an outer body experience. You are like, what is this? I, my hips are bigger. Like my boobs are saggy. Like they're just, everything is different. Um, I feel like with the whole postpartum and the bounce back culture is so negative because that's not realistic. There's very few women who do do that. And that's great, but you're not fitting in jeans right away. And that is so a such unrealistic thing. But one thing that was wildly different with my second than my first is that my first, after I had my baby, it was all about punishing myself if I ate something that wasn't the label good or, and then also saying I have to do something so I can lose the weight or lose five pounds or or whatever. Yes. I was labeling food good and bad. I was doing things to punish myself. I was, and when I say punish myself is like, well, I ate this yesterday, so I'm going to do extra cardio today. Um, and then with my second, my whole entire life changed where I realized there's not a good and bad food, but there's a food that nourishes your body more than others. And starting to look at it as like, I'm going to the gym or I'm going for a walk or I'm doing Pilates, whatever it is, because I cherish myself. I respect myself and I cherish my body and I want my body to be in its optimal state so I can enjoy the best life I can. And I feel like losing weight was a byproduct of that. My goal was not to lose weight. My goal was to feel strong, to set a good example for my daughter and to just put time into my body and saying, thank you for creating a human. And here's your time to like escape. Mm -hmm. And the weight naturally started to come off. Mm -hmm. I think nowadays too many women are looking for the next best diet. and quick fix. And it's just nails on chalkboards when I hear that. And I'm like, what I feel like we should be focusing on is nourishing foods that feed your body to be in the optimal state Mm -hmm. and getting outside and going for a walk to get vitamin D, like going to the gym because you deserve 30 minutes to yourself to clear your mind, whatever that is, and focusing on that rather than losing the weight. Right. It's not about looking good. Like, and I tell people all this all the time now, like being a mom, I'm like, my workout is like for my mental sanity. Yeah. And people are like, oh, you look so good. You bounce back. And I'm like, it that actually kind of triggers me. I'm like, no, I try to be very intentional about what I put yeah. in my body and moving my body because I love my body and I respect exactly. it and honor it. But it wasn't always that way. I grew up having an eating disorder and oh. I had my own body shame and like self like um, deprecating habits that I had to change and it takes effort. Right. And so I think that it's so hard as a new mom already, because you're just like so vulnerable and soft and your boobs hurt and everything hurts Yes, and you're healing. And then to put that pressure on yourself, like you need to hurry up and bounce back. Like, like, no, that's why (laughs) it's important to feel those feelings this sucks. I, this, my body is squishy, allowing yourself to feel that and then start going through your gratitude list. Be done with it. And be grateful. Yeah. Switch it to gratitude. That's a great, yeah. yeah. Cause when I was, um, when I was 
telling my people that I was going to do the show, I asked like, what questions do you want to talk about? Mothered anything. And so many women were like, postpartum, like how to feel better. Like I feel depressed, like Uh, all these things. Like I feel like my body's not mine anymore. Yeah. And so I think that that's a topic that a lot of people don't talk about the fourth trimester. And a lot of people don't talk about postpartum. And one of my clients, actually, when I started doing a little bit of work, probably like four four or five months in, I was realizing like, oh my gosh, like I was feeling down and I was like, not feeling beautiful as like I felt before because you're going through this whole transformation. You're not sleeping. You're literally taking care of another human and using your body if you breastfeed to take care of a human, right? So it's so much pressure. And she's like, Shelly, the baby's in you for nine months. I'd say at least give yourself nine months to a year after to even to not even think about anything, bounce back, yeah. anything looking like your yeah. own self. And, and I I'm think like, a lot that's of good window. Yes. And a lot of women don't understand how the body works in the sense of if you're even nursing too, your body wants to hold on to fat. And for me, I didn't even feel normal till a year after I was done nursing. I started, my hormones started to balance out. My weight started to come off naturally because my body's not holding on to fat anymore to want to feed another human. It's at least another year, I feel like, after nursing. So for me, it's like two years after. That's so good, though, because I feel like we put these unrealistic expectations. So unrealistic. And it's just bullshit because we already deal with so much as moms. And I think all of us are trying our best to be the best mom that we can be. And then you realize, okay, with the self-love movement, which is so important, but also you can get caught up in comparing and being like, well, I need to be doing this for me. And it's like, give yourself grace, give yourself space. Absolutely. So I love that you said that two years after even having the baby. Yeah. Wow. For me anyways, that was my journey. Yeah. And everybody's different too. Like stop comparing yourself. One thing that I think comparison can be helpful if it inspires you. And like, if you get motivated, like go to her page, like you'll see her and she's putting her workout videos on her stories and she's doing it. You're so sweet. um, I know you're human. You have your days, but like, I feel so inspired by this stuff that you share. (sighs) And I think that if you don't feel inspired, then unfollow them. Absolutely. You know, I have unfollowed many people and muted many people. <laughs> you're like, you're not showing up in yeah, my feed yeah. anymore. I don't scroll. I truly don't. And that is that's like, an energy sucker. Yeah. Yeah. And the only people that are show up on my feed and my stories are people that I am inspired by. I have like 90 percent of my family muted. Sorry, mom and dad. But <laughs> love you. But uh, <laughs> yeah. we're making the cycles. Yeah. Um, that's something that's so powerful. You mentioned um, earlier that you to be the best mom that to be you're trying to break cycles. Um, could you go into more of what you mean by that? Yeah, it's not cycles with my parents like they were hor- horrible parents. I, that's not it. I had an amazing childhood. I think when I say cycles, it the way our parents parented us now. And when I say us, I say like, you know, our generation is completely different than what we are parenting now. Gentle parenting is now full force, which I fully agree with. But it's something is like back in the day, I don't feel like my parents had the tools that we have now as parents. They don't, they don't have social media to help them with certain things. So it's just something as simple as like, you know, when I first was married with my husband and we got into arguments, I would 
retreat a lot into the bedroom and not want to talk. Like I would instantly shut down. And I understood now growing up of why was I reacting that way? What trauma is making me feel this way? And I want to retreat. And it's well, okay. When I was growing up, my parents, when I would have a breakdown or have emotions, I didn't know how to handle. They say, okay, go to your room. And because that's what parents you're having do. having a tantrum and you're being a naughty girl. Yes. Or and it's not that my parents are bad parents. They're just saying, you need to separate yourself, go to your room. So as an adult, that's what I did. I went to my room. And so breaking that cycle of understanding why am I reacting this way? It's a trauma coming up. And that's what has happened. I now, I don't send my daughter to her room. I don't do timeouts. I, when she's having big emotions and doesn't know how to control it. I sit with her and I help her move through those emotions and talk them out. And when she's calm, give her tools of how she can move through those emotions and control them rather than sending off to the room of not knowing what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then just feeling shame, even like, like, I feel like it, it's so easy, like growing up speaking to kind of the same thing that you went through. I remember feeling shame for even having feelings. Yeah. And then that's yeah. where the people pleaser came in to do anything to feel feel safe to mm-hmm. feel enough to feel like if I people please then no one's gonna shame me or send me to my room or make me feel bad like yeah and and then you just become this person that you're really not yeah and it's all like coping mechanisms and and those are the cycles right you think about the generation that raised our parents and it's like everyone's trying to do the best they can and I think that's one of the hardest things about being a parent yes is knowing that I'm gonna mess up <laughs> a human. Like, can I just be perfect? A human. And you know what? I feel like the best thing is, though, is every parent, no one is perfect. Everyone right. messes up. But the most important thing is acknowledging when you do mess up and saying, I'm sorry, and I messed this up, and I shouldn't have reacted that way, and you're not responsible for my feelings. I do that with my kids all the time. Like, wow. I go to them, and I realize mom is experiencing big emotions, and you're not you're not responsible for the way I act or the way I speak. No matter what you do, I'm responsible for the way I act and speak, and I'm sorry. And that, mm. I feel like, with your children and also with everybody else in your life, it's important to acknowledge that. Because you're owning your emotions. And like you had said earlier, it's really not about it. Nobody's like nobody makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. You choose to feel the way that you choose. Yeah. And people may trigger you, but it's not them putting something, putting a, a feeling on you. Yeah. They're being whatever they're being and doing whatever they're doing. And it's triggering you and you're choosing to feel through your interpretation feelings, of that. Yeah of that way. Right. Yep. And that's, I feel like so hard at the beginning of the journey of like learning about yourself and therapy and healing, because there's so much like trauma, like that is just circulating in generations, um, that we're trying to clear out, right. Yeah. By like realizing, holy shit, I have to take accountability for how I'm feeling. Yeah. No matter what this person did. Exactly. Yeah. It's taking your power and control back of your thoughts and emotions. Yeah, I love that. Just freaking on the point. I was um, thinking about it earlier and I was like, we're going to have such good good talks here. You're so sweet. (laughs) Okay. For our listeners, women, mothers, entrepreneurs, is there a message that you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah. One thing I want to say is that 
I say this all the time on my social media is the term you deserve it. And what I mean by that is for a long time, I felt like I didn't deserve anything. And I hated that word. Like, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that. And we get in that mentality. We don't deserve things. But the bare minimum, every single person deserves happiness. They deserve respect and they deserve love. If you find yourself in a situation, whatever it may be in, whether it's yourself or with somebody else, family, friends, colleagues, whatever, you deserve those bare minimum respect, happiness, and love from someone else. And if you're not getting that, you need to start changing things in your life to get that. And so just remember you deserve it. Mic drop. Thank you. You're, You're awesome. so sweet. Thanks for having me. All right. Where can our listeners find you on all platforms? Yeah. I Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's cat, just like the Kit Kat bar, Kamalani, K-A-M-A-L-A-N-I. Awesome. Thank you so much.